we are, episode 36 of the Fake Spike Podcast. Mac and Vort, Robin, Vort, Robin, Eugene, whatever you want to call us. Uh, I guess tonight's going to be strictly draft, right? I mean, this is our last podcast before the draft. I'm going to be away the next couple of nights, so we can't even jump on a an emergency one. So this is going to have to be it. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. A quiet week, not much on my end, but obviously excited that we got our uh, Sunday-Monday schedule set up and we are on to doing <laughs> these uh, weekly again. Yeah, what do you um? What's your availability like? I know you'll be doing draft stuff, but Thursday night I'm supposed to land like between nine thirty and ten. I mean, if I get home at like eleven, we might be able to catch the the second pick together, or at worst, do a podcast about both picks if if I miss it. What do you say? I think we definitely have to shoot for that, so we'll make it work. There you go. All right, so draft. I mean, that's really the only thing to talk about this week, and. You know, we already spoke about what we think or want them to do with the 23 and the 34 last week. So I've been reading a lot of stuff about the Jets trading somewhere in this draft, whether it's, you know, out of 23 to get up or move back or out of 34 or somewhere else, you know, somewhere along the line trading back up. But the general sentiment seems to be that the Jets will not walk out of this draft with 10 players, that it's too many and that they are most likely going to um, you know, either trade back, get some picks for next year and another pick this year, whatever it is, or trade up and give up a couple of picks from next year or this year, whatever the case may be, and try and get some better players. So um, that's something to look out for. Douglas has shown that he does like to move around. That's one of those angles that I completely neglected. I've been so happy with the way Douglas has been accum- accumulating draft capital that I totally forgot and overlook the fact that when you're a team entering the draft with an abundance of picks, you are automatically a major player to either trade some of those picks to move up. Sometimes you uh, you trade down in the draft. Basically, when you have a lot of draft capital in a specific year, you're certainly one of the front runners to make some moves during the trade. So that's an angle I totally overlooked, and that has me even more excited about the upcoming draft. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say I would hate it if they if they traded out of let's say that you know get your second first round pick you know maybe you trade out of the second round pick and move up and get a third first round pick who knows i mean i'm excited about that but also don't forget the jets have a bunch they have 10 this year and 11 next year so if they were to trade out this year and accumulate some more for next year that would put them in a position next year to really make some moves where they, they you know they could end up with something like you know, 12 or 13 picks in next year's draft and and then, you know, maybe move up and keep their own pick. They have Seattle's pick next year and then maybe, you know, they can trade up and get another, either make one of those a better one or get another first round pick and really build the team quick, which that would be, that would be crazy, super exciting. I mean, to me, I'm loving it because I grew up my my main years watching Tom Brady dominate our division. And the, the way they maintained is uh, Belichick always put stock into not necessarily a high draft pick, but a lot of draft picks because football is a game where you need depth. So seeing Jets uh, kind of with that strategy, just accumulating picks, accumulating picks, whether it's as draft capital, whether it's trade capital, it's capital. You can't go wrong having draft picks uh, this year, next year, whatever that may be. You can never have too many. It's uh, You will always find a trade partner if you want to trade down, trade up. Picks are a hot commodity, so it's nice to be in a position that the Jets have an abundance of them going uh, lined up in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I was also reading and, and very surprised to see that when you try and move up, you know, three, five, ten, whatever picks it is, once you get out of that top ten area, it is not costly at all. Like they were talking about 
Uh, I forget. I think they were comparing the Eagles because there has not been a trade out of the 23 spot in a number of years. So, but generally the Eagles, I think traded from 25 to 17 or something like that. And only gave up like a third or fourth round pick. It's not that big a jump, you know, a third, a fourth and a sixth, something like that. So it is very conceivable that if the jets are sitting at 23 or they could do the same thing at 34, cost them even less. And there's a guy that they like that fell, but not, you know, they don't think he's going to fall further. They can now give up one of these third or fourth or fifth round picks, whatever amount they have stocked up and and maybe move up and, and grab their guy. And uh, you know, one, of, one of the guys that has come up a lot, and I don't think he's making it to the Jets based on what I'm reading, but I think the Jets like him because it's, it's come up a lot with people and, and, and different people saying the Jets would get him if he's there, blah, 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 is this guy named uh, Vera Tucker. I forget I, I forgot his first name, but he's, he's an offensive lineman. He's a tackle, so you don't have to worry about, like, if they were going to draft Penny Sewell, they would have to, you know, put him at right guard, uh, right tackle or something. So this guy's a guard, not a tackle, I'm sorry. And um, and he would line up next to Beckton and give the Jets, like, basically the mangled uh, Ferguson thing that they that they had all those years ago. That would that, be a very know. sexy way to go about it. I like protection for a young quarterback. That's that's never a bad move in my eyes. Agreed. I absolutely agree. And I I, I would, you know, I, I, I had my momentary lapse of sanity with the running back thing. I, I want the Jets to go line-line. I know they're, they're looking at linebackers. They're looking at the corners, but I want them to go line line. I want them to fortify that line. I think they can, you know, can make do with defense, but uh, get up, either trade up or, you know, let these guys fall to them. But I think they should go line line on, um, you know, the, the first and second round picks after that number two pick. What do, what do you, uh, have you thought any further about it? Changed your, your thoughts, anything? So I was really kind of, from my personal point of view, again, I'm hell-bent on if we're going to invest in a quarterback of the future yet again, let's protect them. So I'm totally on board with that unless you identify a cornerback that fell in the draft that can be that shutdown guy. The latest mock draft that I saw in one of the, I don't know if it's a Jets blog, Jets post, whatever that may be, they they have an idea at the round, uh, let's see, uh, round one, number 23, uh, edge rusher Aziz Ajulari from Georgia. Don't know anything about him, but again, I wouldn't mind if they went that way and kind of really built out their defensive line because it goes back to something you brought up last week. If your cornerbacks are not le- uh, lighting the league on fire, what do you do to help them out? You put pressure on the quarterback. We have and terrific interior lineman in Quinn and Williams. We signed an edge rusher already this year. And now if we, again, this is contingent on this kid being uh, being a hit and starting from day one. Um, that's going to be, I'm not going to be terribly opposed to that, uh, uh, to that way of thinking as well. It makes sense to me. It's not uh, one of those uh, picks uh, that you're reading about and you're like, whoa, where are you pulling this one out of your ass? So interesting idea. Would I like to see them go offensive line? Yes. I'm just, I'm putting all my, everything is in the basket of obviously we're going quarterback. Let's protect them. I don't even care about building tools around him, which we actually did. We have Mims. We we signed Corey Davis. We have weapons for him. Running back, I'm just, uh, you're not going to convince me unless it's one of those Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, once in a lifetime generational running backs that you're ready to commit. Let's give let's give the kid time in the pocket, and the way you do that is you draft dominant offensive linemen. So that's what I'd like to see them go. The Aziz guy that you mentioned, I already forgot his last name, but I have read up on him. He is he's raw. Uh, he I forget if he 
is good um, at getting to the quarterback and has to work on, I forget exactly what it is, but he's got a ridiculous talent level. So he, if, if he's there, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to a, a, a dynamic, like top end athlete pass rusher, without a doubt. I'm with you there. The running back thing, I don't even think I'd do it there. You know, I thought about it afterwards and I was like, you know what? That whole conversation last week where I even was foolish enough to mention a running back goes against, and, and you said it, it goes against everything I've said for all these years because quite simply, you can you can get by with with three, you know, average running backs as long as they do different things and they, they provide depth and whatever else. You know, a, a, a top running back is a luxury and it's never you know, because, you know, he's never the only thing that keeps you going, you know, like Derek Henry, as amazing as he is, he's unbelievable, but he wouldn't be carrying the team on his back if they didn't have other players that, that scared the defense, you know? So yep. getting a, a top running back in there is not going to do you any good. If you don't have a line to block for him, you don't have receivers that scare anybody in order to just have a little bit of that in place. But, you know, at this point, I don't want them to go running back till later if they even do. I think they probably will grab one somewhere a little later, but I don't think it's going to be with that that second first round pick or that first that second round pick. I just don't well, see fun, it. Funny enough, it funny enough, your way of thinking is in agreement with the, this block because they have a running back going to the Jets with the pick number 34, our pick in the second round, and they have this kid, uh, Javante Williams from North Carolina. Yep, Again, can't say that I uh, heard anything about him. I do want to jump back to the potential of this kid, Aziz Ajulari from Georgia. The little that I do follow of college football, I know the Georgia head coach is an absolute mastermind defensively. He is Georgia's defenses. That's their trump card. Uh, unbelievable uh, team defense, and he's known for it. And here's the little blurb that they have on this kid. Ajulari was arguably the best defender on the Georgia unit that will have a lot of guys hear their name called on draft weekend. That's pretty high praise for, again, for a team that's known for a coach that builds defenses to say that he was one of the top defensive players, if not the top defensive player from a team that's expected to send a lot of guys to the NFL's this draft class. That's a pretty high praise for me. You know, that's, uh, it's never yeah. a short thing, but uh, that's a nice little description to hang your hat on. Yeah, whichever um, whichever blog you're reading, I do remember seeing that one and saying that um, you know he took the. I, I didn't like that they took a running back at 34, but I do remember the Aziz pick, and exactly what you said was um, you know he he might have been the best defender on a, on a on a team that's sending five or six defenders, whatever it is. So I, I'm with you. I I don't find the the project edge rusher who's drafted a little bit later nearly as exciting as you do like the chase youngs who, who you know is going to be a top of guy course, drafted. of course right. so i don't i don't find that as exciting same way with corners i am just not excited by corners i realize that they are necessary i realize that i'm an idiot for not thinking the jets need them i am not excited by those things I, i'm so totally excited by linemen the quarterback of course i'm excited by an edge rusher very early in the first round but I, you know, and listen, I, I don't know enough about, about college football. I certainly don't know anything about developing players to be excited about anything past the first or second round anyway, because it's all projects at that point. And until the Jets show me that they're capable of developing players, I can't get too excited about any of that stuff. So I'm really only concentrating at this point on the, on the, on their first three picks, which is, you know, one, one, uh, two, 23 and 34. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to see an edge rusher in there. If they draft one, that's great. Um, there's a couple that, that they have sometimes have fallen to them at 23, which, you know, w- would be nice. Um, I just feel 
you know, from my own perspective, this is not even an analysis, it's just my own perspective, is that they they addressed the pass rush to a degree. Now, obviously, it could be better, but they addressed the wide receivers, they addressed the running backs. So I think, in my eyes, that they feel comfortable there and they will fill those spots with more as they go maybe draft more le- next year, maybe draft like their first round pick for a top wide receiver next year. But I think if it was me, I would go to look and fill some of the holes that they didn't address in free agency that are still out there. You know, your corners, which again, don't excite me, but you need one. Um, uh, your your offensive lineman for sure. So that's, that's the direction I would look to go. And I would think the Jets would go. So I don't know that they'll still be looking at edge rushers there. And, and I'm not seriously excited by it if they do, be honest with you. And my reasoning for not being excited for a running back in the second round, kind of a silly reason. But the way I look at it, it's almost like that Geno Smith pick a couple of years ago. There are reasons that you fell out of the first round. You didn't have that, quote-unquote, transcendent talent. That the GMs were drooling over you and they wanted to scoop you up in the first round, plug you into the starting lineup, and that's a wrap. And it's like in the, in the second round, it's something was missing to make you a complete package. So already, let's forget it. Let's go. I think in the second round, you can still get a starter from day one, especially, again, going back to maybe a linebacker, maybe an offensive or a defensive lineman. Those guys can come in and start on day one. And the running back, I'd like to see go in the third or fourth round. If you're not that transcendent first-round talent, then you're already reaching for it. And I think in the second round, instead of reaching for a running back, we can plug in a day one starter that's going to be more valuable in the long term. So I hope, me personally, not knowing names, like you said, not knowing college kids' names beyond the big names that go on day one, I'm hoping it's quarterback offensive line, either edge rusher or, I'm sorry, quarterback with the second pick, Offensive line, bar none, with the second pick in the first round. Second round, I either want an edge rusher, another offensive lineman, or a cornerback. And then once we go third, you can start reaching for uh, whatever kind of whatever needs you have. Uh, those those become luxury picks where you're either somebody fell on your draft board that you were like, whoa, I can't believe this kid fell to third, fourth round. We're taking him even though simply because we didn't expect him to be on the board at this point. Or you're starting to make luxury picks and build depth. I think the third round for me is a little bit of a no no man's land because I think third round, you know, most teams still expect to get starters there. Maybe not stars, but starters. You know, they Correct. still expect that in the third round they're grabbing guys that will either start right away or fairly quickly. Whereas the fourth round, you know, that that's where it's kind of half and half. Maybe you get a guy that could start, maybe a special teamer, he's a project, whatever. So that third that third round is a little weird for me because I don't know enough about the players. And you know, this year I've looked at a lot more players than I normally do. So I could probably I'll probably have heard of, you know, almost all the players taken through maybe the middle of the second round. And then I'll know, you know, some names after that. But yeah, you know, that's that's where I kind of run out of knowing things, and then some of the names I only know names. I know nothing about them. So that third round is is kind of a crapshoot in my mind, like only from my perspective because I don't know anything about the guys, but they are expected to be good players. So I don't know what the Jets are going to do there at all. I mean, I can kind of take a stab at what they'll do in the first and second rounds, but I have no idea what, what direction they're going to go in the third round. There's not even a, an inkling in my mind at all. Other than you know, they're going to draft players that they need, and that's the most ridiculous statement I've ever made on here. Because obviously they're drafting players they need, but I don't know anything beyond that. It 
you said it uh, again, going back to us agreeing a bunch of times. I agree with you. It's, you're looking for a starter. It's just not you're not looking to fill a sexy position. You're not getting a quarterback, obviously, that's going to start on day one. Probably not even a game-changing receiver at that point. Maybe you'll maybe you'll end up with a running back who will line up as your day one starter, a linebacker, a safety. I agree with you. It's still it's early enough in the draft where you're really hoping, unless you miss badly, that you're getting somebody that's uh, gonna start on day one, but it's just not it's not that sexy highlighted position that everybody's talking about. It's uh, again linebacker, safety, maybe your second cornerback, not the prime guy, somebody to match up with that guy, or another lineman that turns out uh, again nobody's talking about him. But here we go, you have a young starter from day one. So I view it the same way as you. You really want to nab somebody who is gonna start. But it's just not going to be that flashy position that everybody's talking about, that everybody's aiming at in fantasy football ter- terms. Right. And and nor do, well, wide receiver, I would accept a wide receiver there because, you know, with with the game that being what it is today with offense, you can never have enough wide receivers. You can run a five receiver set out there and the Jets really have only four, you know, um, actually five. I guess they signed Vincent Smith or Jeff Smith, whichever one of the Smiths. But I, I would not mind the wide receiver in the third round. So that's actually a pretty good spot there. I still don't want a running back there. I really don't. I really think that, you know, running back to me, I, over the years, like 10, 15 years ago, running back was what you build around. I don't think teams build around running backs anymore. You know, Derrick Henry might be an exception, but I still think that Derrick Henry is is enabled to do what he does because there are other players on the team, and he's just that good that he he takes advantage of that to a great degree. To me, a running back, whether it's a free agent or a draft, is one of the last players you get. Now, the Jets picking, you know, 23 might be inclined to take a running back if it was the final piece. And we talked about this with Le'Veon Bell last year. You don't sign Le'Veon Bell in that situation unless he's the final piece. There's no reason to waste that much money. So that is my view. And I don't look at taking a guy in the third round there. I think, I think you, you, you meaning the jets in general, I think football in general, but the Jets should draft line and linebackers and build from the inside out and then next year and the year after when they've got a team in place and they start to develop and these players grow then you start drafting your huge receivers early your running backs early and and they kind of complement the players that you have and get and fill in your gaps a bit that's another very good point it's not a one-year project just because we have a lot of picks again people are saying oh we're going to fill up the team we're going to be contenders no once you get past that second arguably third round you're not getting bona fide stars you're just filling out your roster you're bringing guys to some of them might not even make the team you're bringing in guys who are going to compete you're going to have bodies in training camp obviously ideally most of them will turn out to be something whether it's uh, serviceable players somebody who's going to be of value but this is not a one-year project and like you said if you fill the must uh, those must positions if you take care of them this year then next year's draft is about filling those gaps where this is going to be the complete package now it's not a one-year draft where you it's not christmas you're not going to fill every hole but uh, but it's going back to the jets issues you can't miss you got to get the right pieces you got to develop them so next year's draft is now you you can see the finished product and now you're complementing you're putting those pieces in where after that draft 
you can honestly say we have a roster that's now ready to compete. It's no longer a building job. We now have the pieces. We have to compete. So that's kind of what I look at this uh, deep draft class as far as the Jets having a ton of picks. It's a two-year project. And after next year's draft, I don't want to hear anything. We're going to have a quarterback with one year's experience. And uh, hopefully we're going to plug in the pieces uh, to round out and make it an entire clear picture of what our roster should be. And we go in guns blazing, ready to compete. It's funny you say that because I had a, I, I want to call it a conversation, but when I tell you the story, you'll see it was more like a freaking brawl with some guy on Facebook today, right? Who uh, I forget whether he answered one of my comments or answered one of his, but I, I had said something like, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a two, it's a two, more than a, a one year project and whatever. And then he, he was, he said something and then started in on the, you know, the, you know, Joe Douglas is going to lose his job if Sam Donald turns out to be good. And you get, you got to get drafty running backs. You got to do this. You got to do that. So eventually after a couple of back and forth, I was like, listen, we, we, we don't agree at all, you know? Um, and that's good. I said, you know, go jets. I figured that would make the guy get lost. So he comes back and says, no, we actually are on the same page. He goes into a whole explanation about how we're not on the same page. So, <laughs> you know, like, like, well, he didn't say we're not on the same page. Everything he said shows we're not. So I, I went back to him and said, listen, this is not a one year project. You're not going to fill it in this year. They're going to build from the line out. They're not drafting a running back early and whatever happens with, with, Sam Darnold will have nothing to do with the Jets at all. The only thing that matters to Joe Douglas is that Zach Wilson is not a bust, right? So this guy comes back to me at this point now and calls me calls me a, a pussy, all of this stuff going oh on and on about how you know fans like me or why the Jets are negative and have this and that, going off and going off. And that's when I lost my temper. I wrote, I, I, and I didn't go back after this. I, I, I shut off the notifications because I didn't want to go there again. I basically said, listen, man, I tried to tell you diplomatically to get lost. Now get lost, you piece of shit. <laughs> and, I, and I just, and I shut the notifications off. So I have no idea what this guy said back to me. But, you know, you go back and forth about, you know, the Jets building this and, and oh, I, at one point I said, I take the emotion out of, I'm looking at this from a business sense and whatever, whatever. And the guy basically told me I was the fakest fan and, and I'm, I'm the worst kind of fan. And then actually said, be a man, not a pussy. And at which point, you know, I, I, you know I've, I've been going to the range lately. If I had my gun in my hand, I would definitely put it under his throat and shot him and shot his brains out the back of his head. But. Sam Darnold, we have absolutely zero effect on Douglas's uh, job status. None. It's all going to be directly tied to Wilson. Now, are you going to have some idiots in that rare unlikely scenario that Darnold become all of a sudden finds his long lost groove and he becomes an all pro leads his team to the playoffs while Zach Wilson becomes a two or three year complete washout and a bust yes people are, there's going to be people with the the perfect 2020 vision uh, because hindsight is always easy to do that and they're going to say see if I told you should have uh, Douglas should have hung on to Darnold my opinion it was a long discussed fact with you and me, and you you said it from day one. You said it from the jump that Douglas is no longer a rookie GM. He wants to stake his job on his own quarterback. That's what his job is going to be staked on. It's all about Wilson. It's nothing about trading Darnold. Can he build? Can, first of all, can he identify and choose the right QB, which uh, by all signs seem to be Zach Wilson? Can he put him in a system where he can succeed and put the right pieces around him? That's what's going to determine his job longevity and ultimately success or failure. And as a Jet, it's not going to be about trading Sam Darnold, who was basically already was not his guy, and he was completely shot and uh, was already a reclamation project. When you're a GM, you, are, you do not want to take on a guy who is – you basically have to – 
you have a guy that's so broken down that it's 50-50 at best that if all the all the dominoes fall right, you can turn him into something good. No, at this point, stake your reputation on your own guy. So nothing about Joe Douglas's success or failures as a Jets GM will be directly tied to Sam Darnold. It's going to be about this year's draft, the head coach he hired, and everything from this year on. That's what his reputation and his ultimately his career as a Jets GM. This is the liftoff. This is the takeoff point. This is the year. Yeah, this is the year that Joe Douglas becomes the Jets GM for real and and now takes accountability for his moves, whether they're free agent signings, drafts, whatever. This is the year. He's got a coach in there. He switched quarterbacks. This is the, the year where you can actually start to say, hey, Douglas is doing a good job. Douglas is doing a bad job. Up until now, he's got an incomplete. And he he has kind of tipped his hand. I mean, obviously, we know he's taking a quarterback, but he's also showed that he's not going to go crazy spending on on big name players in free agency. He's he's a value guy, but he's also not going to draft big guys either. He's going to draft, um, you know, he's he's going to draft a value, but he's he's more going to fill important holes and he's going to build his team through the draft with an eye on the future. Where two or three years from now, he's not, you know, the Jets will not be in a position where they can't afford this or they can't afford that because guys are taking up the cap. When they're when they're overpaid and, and a little too old, he's going young. He's going former first round picks. He's going in you know important positions like line and 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 he's building depth. He used free agency to build depth. So he, he is certainly not going to uh, you know f- fall victim to wanting a running back early or paying big money for the running back, which you know which led to my whole tirade about this guy I was talking to on Facebook, you know, calling me clueless because I I kind of taken taken the the non-emotional approach you know i i mean i've said this a million times i i i was it was killing me it was eating away at me to not know what the jets were doing and even though they keep screwing it up i now can see the direction they and any other team are, is taking when they do this stuff and, and it's it's enlightening you know but i you know and i'm freaking ranting i completely forgot what i was going to say next but it doesn't matter i wanted to just t- touch on on zach wilson real quick as you mentioned him there were two uh, I think they were both YouTubes, but whatever. One was an article, one was YouTube, whatever it was. Um, no, they were both YouTube. I'm sorry. Uh, two YouTube things I saw this week that I posted uh, in in my Jets fans uncensored group that have now have me officially um, almost fully excited about Zach Wilson. And they were not the usual like, oh, he's got a good arm and he's done this, he's done that. One of them was talking about his um, his his. Is um, I forgot how they phrased it, but it was his. Um, oh my God, Ford! I'm freaking losing my mind here. It was his, 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 um, his. Uh, what the, what the, what the, that's a freaking word, man. Um, Potential? His, no, no, no. His. Oh shoot! Hold on, I'm gonna go look it up real quick. But basically, what it did was it, it broke down things that we never think of. Like I played quarterback in the schoolyard when we played. Yeah, like you look for the open guy, you draw up a play in the dirt. But there's these little things that Zach Wilson does that show. Oh, processing—that's the word. It shows how he processes okay. the play, and 
it was it was mind boggling about like holy shit these are things I would never think of and it got me excited because all of these things that they're pointing out Zach Wilson does like like he realized that the linebacker was over on this side and that and he saw the safety shift his hips slightly and then and then threw the ball where no other guy would throw the ball but he looped it in over so that the guy who shifted his hips slightly didn't recover in time and he was able to get it over him whereas most quarterbacks would have waited that split second then tried to throw it on a line and it would have been picked off. I mean, all these little things like holy shit then kurt warner did a little piece on him where he's the second best quarterback in the draft blah 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 and kurt warner started out with the usual arm strength this that and i almost shut it off but i didn't because then kurt warner went into some breaking down some plays and it was very similar stuff about about you know putting the ball in this area and and seeing what a guy does and, and all of this stuff and it got me super excited because the kid has made a lot of progress from his previous year. And there was a third, maybe, I think Kurt Warner was the one showing the processing, but there was an article about his his first couple of years in college and why he didn't do well and suddenly turned good. And the biggest reasons were that he had a couple of injuries that that were not necessarily football related. They're not much to worry about. And and it was kind of holding him back. But also um, he, he had, he had, studied and done all these things and, and you know I, I know I'm, I'm rambling i've been talking for like three minutes didn't even remember what i was talking about but the point i'm trying to make here is i will send you these links that zach wilson now has me you know almost fully 100 percent excited and just now the only thing holding me back now is i'm a jet fan and i know shit goes wrong but i, th- I think the kid might have some of those huge intangibles that people don't even know about so you have to read these things Number one, it's our podcast, so ramble on. That's the point of having our own goddamn podcast. So here's the thing about Zach Wilson. I'm much more excited about a prospect like him who started off as not not necessarily as a superstar and a can't-miss prospect and then grew and developed versus somebody like uh, the kid from Penn State a couple years ago, Hackenberg, who came in was uh, this high school All-America, can't-miss prospect, had a terrific freshman year, then went downhill, I mean, badly downhill, had two seasons where he was regressing, but the Jets still picked him because, well, as a freshman, he showed flashes of being a true NFL all-pro quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Hackenberg. That's uh, exactly what I was talking about. So to me, I read a build around the kid who came in and is actually showing progress and building himself up than somebody who came in with all this promise and we're holding out to this promise where the last two years on tape are showing us, no, the, the promise is long gone. This kid ain't shit. Move on. Forget about it. So that's the positive about Zach Wilson. But the other uh, thing that has me laughing, and that's how you know the NFL draft is coming up. Literally today, as I was scrolling some articles, there was one article that compared Zach Wilson to um, – uh, what's oh my god I'm forgetting uh, his name the best quarterback in the NFL Pat Mahomes, Mahomes so yeah. one article compare him to Pat Mahomes just not yet a finished product needing NFL experience and getting used to the NFL game speed and literally two lines down I click on another on other link and another review basically has him uh, as a sure bust who is just a workout <laughs> warrior who is able to put together good film with no live workout defenses warrior <laughs> Where he, he, he did a terrific pro day with no pads, oh, okay, no defenses, it. stuff like that. On the, oh, he was okay. able to I was shine. Gonna say, he's, he's like 96 pounds soaking wet. There's no way that guy's a workout warrior. I see what you mean now. Meaning, okay, yeah, when the, 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 when the scouts are there and he's the – exactly. He's shining when there is no defense and he has no pads and he's just running around throwing uh, to open receivers. So it's one of those things where nobody – at the end of the day – We've seen enough drafts. We've seen enough quarterbacks go early who turned out to be such a disgrace. Uh, my favorite one as a kid growing up was the hotly contested debate until the very, 
very final day of the draft between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. So you never know. You just never know. What gives me hope is I, I do believe in Joe Douglas, and I believe Joe Douglas did a great job in hiring and building out a coaching staff. So at least we have, I believe it's no longer a black hole where the quarterback is coming in to die. We, I, I believe in the... I believe in a situation and a structure that's now built in the Jets organization, and that's what gives me hope. Well, I just sent you to two links. So um, one of them is an article, and it describes his couple of years in college before last year, and then the other was was the thing with Kurt Warner. So I, I mixed them both up and, and, and gave you elements of each as if they were two separate things that showed the same thing, but they weren't. One's an article that explains... Um, his injury and and why he was in a quarterback controversy this first you know coming into his senior year and then and then Kurt Warner is the one that broke down all the processing. I think once you read this, you'll be super excited about the guy. So check it out. Um, the the two quarterbacks that I hear the most comparisons to in Zach Wilson, which I think we might have mentioned last week, is Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, which is ridiculous. I mean, I mean let's just get the two best quarterbacks in the league. You know, one of them the best now, the other one might be you know top five ever, and and you know get us excited about a kid who, and say he's like them. But I understand where they're coming from. It is is they're saying his his ability to to make the play. He's he's got that gunslinger mentality. He's not afraid to make a throw. But when you when you look at Kurt Warner video you'll you'll see that it's not just about just throwing the ball in there I mean the kid is smart and he and he and he knows how to read a defense and if Kurt Warner is anywhere near correct with this stuff because you know you know you ever see like like when Tony Romo breaks down a play he says yeah he saw this he saw it obviously he's speaking for the guy but he's played the game so he knows that's what the guy saw but me as the guy sitting on the couch I'm never certain that's exactly what the guy saw I'm thinking well maybe the guy just threw it but You know, Tony yep. Romo's got to know this is the kind of thing Kurt Warner is doing. And I'm like, if that is true and what Kurt Warner is seeing is what's actually happening, then the kid knows how to read defenses and we are going to be in, in real good shape. So go check it out. Let me know what you think, man. If he turns out to be anywhere within spitting distance of the two names you just gave me, <laughs> that means we are going to see a Super Bowl in our lifetime in his career. Even if it's just one like Aaron Rodgers, I'll sign up for it. And uh, that... As a Jets fan in our history, especially recent history with quarterbacks, that's more than enough to get me excited. So, yeah, I mean, that's, let's that's hang all. our hat on that kid. Yeah, I've been I've been railing on about it for you know whatever amount of time we're doing this podcast now six, seven, eight months, whatever it is, and all I want is a quarterback that's going to have me in contention every year and make the players around them better. I you know the Aaron Rodgers, the Mahomes, the Breeze, and and I'm not going to get greedy and say Brady. I don't even care if we win more than one, you know, two Super Bowls, but have me have me in first place well fighting for first place every year. Have me have some division titles. Have you know home playoff games. Let me, you know, have a buy here and there. Let me see a Super Bowl appearance. Let me see one Super Bowl win. This is what I want. You know, like even if the Super Bowl win is six years down the road, I don't care when it is. I just want a quarterback who's that guy who can get us in contention every year because when you're in contention every year you have a shot to win even if you don't like the breezes and the, and the rogers and you know even roethlisberger at this point they only won one or two but they, they're there every year and you know with that guy healthy and in the lineup your team has a chance and that's all i'm asking and that's what has me excited because in today's nfl it's all about the quarterback you look at a guy like aaron Rodgers. every year the team is picked to at least be in the playoffs and make a run because of Aaron Rodgers. It's not like they have this super loaded team that's overwhelming everybody with talent around Aaron Rodgers. As a matter of fact, 
a lot of criticism has been that he doesn't have enough talent around him. So a quarterback alone, if you get the right guy, I mean, look at the ball. I don't want to completely go off on a rant, but look at the Buffalo Bills. They got the right guy, signed a couple of pieces around them, and all of a sudden they're a bona fide contender that looks to be set up for at least, for a great run for at least a couple of years. So a quarterback will make all the difference, and just the quarterback alone, when you get a right you're already in that conversation to be a playoff team, and now it's about filling out pieces around them. Yeah, but you need to um, build the team first and have that quarterback get the experience, and then what happens is you have to pay him, right? And when you pay him, you can't afford to put as many big pieces around him anymore, so you have a couple of years where he's got to hold it together while you draft players and develop them. And that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He had those couple of years where there was a little bit down, but he gave them a chance no matter what. They would still win the division when the, the division was weak. Then, you know, then they got the Aaron Jones and the Devontae Adams and these guys, you know, and, and these guys were now, were, were had, had been drafted, they developed, and now he's got this, re- and look what season he had, you know, he, he had 50 touchdown passes this year and and they were 13 and three and, you know, whatever. They, they didn't, they didn't make it past them. Um, you know Brady in the in the in the playoffs, but they could have. I mean, that was that was that was the game where uh, you know the referees remembered it was Tom Brady, and suddenly the, the Packers couldn't get a call. But the point I'm trying to make is that if the Jets develop Wilson correctly, draft around him correctly, three or four years from now, when they have to pay him and he's worth the money and he's and he's he's the guy, that there's going to be a couple of years where where they're not going to be able to hold on to players. They're going to leave, and he's going to have to make guys better for a couple of years until they draft players again and develop them, and then. Kind constantly replenish you know like Aaron Rodgers Drew Brees these guys don't keep the same running backs and wide receivers for 10 and 15 years I mean they just don't five or six years and then those guys are out the door they constantly are turning players over but you know there's a weakness here there's a weakness there but these guys are the ones that make the players better and hold it all together that my friend is what I freaking want for the Jets I am so sick of the quarterback being the one that leaves after three years and then we're, we're reverse engineering this whole thing it doesn't work you need Absolutely. that quarterback in there. when you get the franchise quarterback he'll get some guys on your team paid he'll make them better than in some cases what they actually are and yep. like you said you can't pay everybody the guys leave kids come in and you build but the quarterback is that glue that holds you together you're somewhat in contention but from everything you said I guess I'm not sure if I understood you correctly but I'm kind of leaning on the side that you're stressing that it's important that the Jets do not miss on their quarterback this year. That's kind of what I'm getting <laughs> yeah. getting a whiff of. Is that what you is that what you got out of that? Really? Yes. That, that's Absolutely. what it seems like you're focusing on. Don't well, miss on the quarterback. Dude, especially since this is the the you know, the second time in the last four years they're drafting a quarterback in the top three. So I would say that if you don't get it right this time, then uh when are you? You know, that's it. That's it. And you gotta get it right. And you got to develop the rest of the players too. That's the important part. Plus, the other thing I'm excited about is the Jets actually have a system and they're drafting players for that system. And I know we spoke about that last week, so I won't beat that point again. But you draft players for a system, you get them to buy in. And this guy's clearly a motivator who has players. You know, like one of the things I saw the other day is that Sala was was very um, pleased with how many guys are showing up for voluntary workouts. That's a great sign, you know, a fantastic sign. He's a big part of it. He seems to be motivating guys. But uh, listen, I'm excited that this is now. It's kind of, it's getting real. Our next podcast is going to be after the draft or at least after the first round of the draft. And uh, we're going to be reading all the fun parts where Zach Wilson is going to be, his success and failure is going to be based on what color suit he wore to the draft. (laughs) Uh, So, but hopefully next time we speak, we're going to have a new franchise quarterback and uh, 
Oh, we will. Upwards and onwards from there. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, you know, 95% Zach Wilson, but you never know what the Justin Fields thing's sneaking in there. Who the hell knows with the Jets? But, you know, nobody's predicted what Joe Douglas is going to do on anything yet, so who knows? Um, yep, Thursday night, man. We will look forward to it, and now uh, we'll talk about the Jets two guys, and then, um, you know, I guess we can, uh, Monday we can talk about the rest of the draft and see, uh, see where we stand. Have a safe trip, and I'll talk to you when the Jets have a new franchise quarterback at this show. Thank you, my friend. Go uh, go read those articles. Let me know what you think. Got it, my man. Catch you later.